Welcome to Masters Week. There is no tournament more prestigious and important in this game. And Jack, we're going to speak to somebody who knows what it's like winning it all. That's quite, That's right, Rex. Somebody who not only has experience winning this tournament, but doing it in arguably the most dramatic fashion ever seen. This is episode 27 of On Your Sidelines. When the final buzzer sounds, the game is over, but their story isn't. Time to hang out on the sidelines and learn the real stories of these sports icons. Welcome to the On Your Sidelines podcast with the News 3 sports team. Bring it in, everybody. I'm sports director Rex Castillo, joined by... Weekend sports anchor Jack Patterson. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode, episode 27. We'll call it Eddie George's episode. Yeah, Jack. I'm cool with that. Let's do it. All right, before we get into our interview, time for that t-shirt check. Jack, who are you rocking today? I am rocking the Class 4A state champion Spencer Greenwave. Their run to march in capping it off with the state championship win over Westover and Macon. You know, the first state championship in basketball ever for that school. The first state championship overall in any sport since 1973. A huge deal. Congratulations to Coach Allen and those boys on just a remarkable season. The road, they rode the way to redemption, Rex. Hey, and nice. now they got the title. Guys, I, that team... What, like, they could go 1 through 15. I don't care. Everyone on that squad. They're going to be ball. a problem for years to come. And, yeah, guys, the talent is coming right back. As for me, going a little more classy. You know, it's a little hard for me, but we're going with a typical Masters polo right on brand for our next guest, yep. Larry Mize, the 1987 Masters champion. Once you win that green jacket, you can – you can bra those are bragging rights for life. This I mean, was you remember for a lifetime. And right, this is airing during Masters Week. They should be having the Champions Dinner later today. But enough from me, enough from Jack. Time for our conversation with the 1987's Masters champion, Larry Mize. We're now joined by Larry Mize, the 1987 Masters champion. Thank you so much for joining us, Mr. Mize. Uh, as we get ready for Augusta again, it seems like this time around it's going to be more normal. You'll have patrons joining you guys back at Augusta National. How excited are you for this edition of the Masters? Uh, hi, Rex. It's great to be with you as well. Um, I'm very excited. Like every year, I'm excited. But this year, being back to normal is going to be uh, back to normal. I'm really looking forward to it. You know, back in November of 2020, no spectators except family. And last year, only about a quarter of the spectators were there. So to have everything back to normal and get to play the par three contest again, I'm excited and really looking forward to it. And Larry, first off, it's great to have you on. But when, when you what is makes Augusta National just so special? We hear always hear about the mystique about that golf course and that golf club. What makes it special in your eyes? Well, you know, I think one thing is the only major that doesn't travel. You know, you play the same golf course every year. So when you go there, it's the same golf course that Bobby Jones designed with Alistair McKenzie, Sam Snead, Gene Sarazen won on it, Ben Hogan, Byron Nelson, Arnold Jack, Tiger. So the history of all those, you know, growing up, seeing all those uh, tournaments, all those championships on that golf course, seeing all those great players win it, you know, there's nothing like it. The other majors are great, but they travel, and so you're going to different spots. But to go back to this place, and it's so unique with Magnolia Lane, the clubhouse, the history and tradition that's there, they've done a great job of just continuing to keep that there. And the mystique of Augusta is just nothing like it. 
one thing that I've always thought that was really interesting and a tradition that I guess that they've kept uh, in this digital world, no cell phones are allowed on the ground. So everyone is, is literally there in the moment. Do you appreciate that as a golfer, just having, you know, as minimal distractions around there, you don't have cameras going off every, every few seconds with, uh, with you guys on the course. I really do. I mean, I've always thought the best fans in golf are at the masters and the British open. And, you know, the masters, they're not going to let you, it's people start going crazy and yelling and doing stuff. They'll take care of that. They'll uh, get them to calm down or either they'll, they'll kick them out of there. So it's great crowds. They're great fans. And it is very special. No cell phones going off. It's a, uh, it's a week like nothing else. It really is. And you've been a part of this Augusta family for so long. And I guess that's probably the best term to describe it as is a family, right? There's only a select few who get the opportunity to play Augusta national, right? Uh, that's true. I mean, it's, it's a limited field, you know, there's only 90 something players in it and to get to go back there every year and play that golf course. Um, it, it, it is, it is very special. And to be back there with, uh, guys I haven't seen meeting some new young tour players that I have seen and uh, that, I, that, I, that I get to meet is uh, is just a very special week. And to get to go back there, it is like family. And then the champions dinner Tuesday nights, like going back to a family dinner, seeing everybody. It's, it's a great night. Great but, week. Let's go back to 1987. Uh, when did you feel like, okay, I have a real shot at the green jacket because uh, I'm sure it's such a, it's such a mental grind a physical grind throughout the first couple rounds. When did you feel like, okay, I have a real shot at this. You know, I think Saturday night, I remember telling Bonnie, my wife uh, that night saying, you know, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I just had, I got a good feeling. I was playing well, you know, on Saturday, I bogeyed number 12 to go three over for the day and kind of shooting myself out of it. But then I birdied a 13, 15 and 18 coming in to get it back to even par, which really got me back in the golf tournament, only two shots back in good position. So Saturday nights when I knew I had a shot at it. And then as far as Sunday goes, you know, once I got past 10 and 11 and I birdied 12, uh, I knew it was right there. Then birdied 13 to take the lead. I knew I, I had, you know, obviously very good chance to win the golf tournament. And talking about some of the guys that you were facing off with that day, you had the you had Greg Norman there. You had Seve Ballesteros was in contention. Talk about some of the guys that you are going, some of the all-time greats you're going head-to-head with on the game's biggest stage. Well, it really was. It was a great field, and it was kind of good for me because there were so many big names up there, like you said. Well, Roger Mulby and Crenshaw were leading, Seve and uh, – and Greg Norman were one back. Bernhard Langer was there. Curtis Strange was there, who I played with that day. T.C. Chen. It was just loaded with great players. Um, so I was kind of able to fly under the radar. You know, I did a little press conference. I had a little press thing after Saturday's round. But, you know, it wasn't that much because there were so many big names. And I kind of liked that. I was a little uh, unnoticed. And I just could sneak right in there. So it was a great position for me to be in. And there's nothing like going up against the best players in the world. I mean, that's why you practice hard. That's why you work on your game to be in that moment and have a chance to go head to head with the best players and definitely got to do it that day. What was it like? You go from being under the radar to now in the biggest magnifying glass in the golf, in the golf world. How did you handle that? uh, Especially down the stretch. And of course, we're going to talk about the shot later, but how did you handle that mentally going from this guy who a couple people have heard about to now everyone's talking about how Larry Mize is doing in Augusta? Well, you know, I, I, I handled it very well. Thank goodness. You know, I stayed in the moment, you know, the old sayings, present tense, one shot at a time. 
sounds real simple, but it's very hard to do. But I stayed in the present, stayed in the moment, and uh, didn't get ahead of myself. I didn't didn't think about putting on the green jacket. I stayed in hitting each shot as they came to me. So I did a really good job of uh, just staying in the moment and playing golf. And you know, obviously, obviously, I was nervous, but I was playing good. So you know, I like to say those butterflies were there, but they were flying in formation. So I was doing okay. Um, but it was uh, it was great, and and the fans were great, and yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it's still unbelievable to think about uh, back back to that week. It was unbelievable. So you make your charge in, on Sunday. You end up in a playoff going going down to decide the Masters. When you hear when you find out you're going to a playoff, what is going through your mind knowing that you are this close to getting a green jacket? Well, I was very excited. You know, I had to wait after I made the birdie at 18. They took me to the uh, – Jones cabin by the 10th tee to wait. And then Sebi got up and down for par to, to Tommy. So I was just hoping nothing happened. I'd have a chance for a playoff. So once I got in the playoff and knew there was going to be one after Crenshaw and Maltby did not hold out their second shot, they had to make birdie to Tice. They took us back out to the putting green. We started getting ready for the playoff and I was excited. Uh, and then once again, it was a good excitement. Uh, you know, you're always nervous, but I felt very confident going into the playoff and, didn't know I would win, but I was sure going to give it my best effort. And it was uh, great to know I has to still had a chance to win. What, I, what I'm really impressed with is that you, it's a nervousness and you, you're accepting it, but you're confident still. I mean, I, for, for me and for us mere mortals, probably would crumble underneath that pressure to when you're that close to the jacket. Was that something you practiced or just had your entire golf career? No, I think it's something that, that you learn to deal with better. I mean, I, I'd, I've had my moments. You know, I'd messed up the Players' Championship the previous year. I'd made mistakes and messed up. So you learn from those moments. You know, you don't learn near as much from winning as you do from losing. So when you do lose and you make mistakes, you really learn from that. And I'm able to put that into practice uh, this week. You know, the TPC in 86 was very disappointing to me. So I was able to use that disappointment to know exactly how I needed to handle this, not get ahead of myself, play the smart shots, and uh, stay confident. And, you know, I was playing really good, and that helps too. When you're playing really good, you know, you get nervous, but it's a different kind of nervous because you feel really good about your golf game. So um, I don't know if anybody has it just always. I don't always have it, but you learn. I learned from my mistakes, so I could put it to use there. So let's talk about the moments leading up to the shot. You're off the, your uh, second shot goes off the green. You're just off. You have a chip. You know, if you nail it, you have an opportunity to win. You know, take kind of take us into your mind when you were facing that shot before that moment. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd hit it a little farther right than I wanted to, obviously. And, you know, the nice thing about the shot was there was only one shot to play. You know, the worst thing in golf you can do is to be indecisive, not be committed to your shot. Well, I couldn't land it on the green. The greens were too hard and fast that year. It would have gone in the water. I mean, we only were th- we were only three under in the playoffs. The so scores were – scores was playing very tough. Scores were high. And all I carried back then was one sand wedge, a 56-degree sand wedge, and I felt like anything with less loft was going to be too hot and would run too much and go in the water as well. So I just had to play a pitch and run with the, my 56-degree sand wedge, land it short of the green, and – let it bounce up there and get on the green, roll to the hole like a putt. And it's a shot you practice a lot at Augusta because you you have some spots where you can't get it up and, you know, you have to do that bump and run or pitch and run in there. So my whole thought was Greg's on the right fringe. If 
30 or 40 feet away. If I can put a good, put a good, good shot up there close to the hole, now the pressure is back on him. And, you know, it's do or die. I had to hit a really good aggressive shot. And I picked a spot short of the green where I wanted to land it, hit that spot. Ball looked good all the way. And I liked the shot. And thank goodness it went in the hole. And, and I went running around screaming like a madman. <laughs> <laughs> it's still one of the enduring moments from the Masters in Masters history. What is it like when pe have people come up to you and talk to you about that moment? And what is it like for people to remember their, that kind of excitement? Well, it's very nice of people. I mean, it's a special event for me. I mean, a lot of times people say, you know, do you mind if we talk about it? I go, no, it's a pretty good subject. <laughs> so uh, it, it's great, you know, whether it's in pro-ams or I just meet someone and they, they talk about it. It's a uh, people are very nice. And, you know, obviously it's flattering for them to want to talk about a special moment for me. I, uh, I'm happy to share with them. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fun conversation. So one thing that always blows my mind is you you've made the shot. Okay. You've drained this shot. You and all the pressure is now on Greg Norman. Cause he has to drain his shot. Like you said, from 30, 40 feet out to extend the playoff. And you know, in, in your words, you're going around like a madman, but then you have the wherewithal to like, okay, it's not over. You know, everybody calm down. Let's get ready for Greg's shot. Well, you have to, I mean, you know, you always have to expect, your opponent's going to make the shot. You know, you have to believe that. I remember last, the previous year in 86, Greg Norman, and I, Greg Norman and I were in a playoff at Kemper and I'd parred the first playoff hole and he had about a 10 or 12 footer that he had to make to stay in the playoff. Sure enough, he made it. And five holes later after on the sixth playoff hole, he beat me. So, you know, you continue to learn. You always have to expect your opponent to make it. So after he, after I come back and, and I tried to calm the crowd down to make it calm for him because it was they were going crazy. Um, then I said, okay, let's get prepared to go to number 12. You got to gotta believe he's going to make the putt. So I was ready to go to 12, and I was sure glad I didn't have to. You, <laughs> have to you always have to expect your opponent's going to make it because if you don't, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a gut shot. Oh, my gosh, he made that. I didn't think he would. Now you're deflated going to the next tee. You got to be ready to go to the next tee and expect him to make it. How important is that ability to turn the page? I mean, you had, you've mastered it, of course, during that tournament, and I think all golfers who reach that level have to master that. How important is that skill in the game of golf? Well, I think it's very important. And, uh, you know, we don't, we don't always have it mastered every week. You know, some weeks we do better with it than others. But, you know, you have to turn the page. you got to learn from your mistakes. You know, I always like to say that, that but uh, the past is a, is a guiding post. It's not a hitching post. You don't want to stay there, but you learn from the past to make you better in the future. So that's one thing I've tried to do in my career is to learn from my mistakes and get better. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's been good for me. And I think that's uh, something to good, not only in golf, but in life as well. So you've won the masters. You've won one of the more dramatic playoffs in masters history. What was that trip to Butler cabin like? Oh, it was surreal, Jack. I mean, it was, uh, just, it's just amazing. I, you know, I remember I, you know, threw my hands up in the air with Bonnie and uh, David, my, our, my oldest son, who was just a week short of a year. I was so excited thinking I've won this thing. I mean, it was hard to believe. So it was just an unbelievable, exciting trip up to Butler's cabin in that cart with, uh, with Bonnie and David. You finally put the green jacket on. What is that moment like? And did it fit well? Well, it did fit good. I mean, they know what they're doing. It fit me good. And, <laughs> And the, the neat thing was I didn't put it on. Jack Nicholas put it on me, which yeah. is once again, 
continued to make the week just unbelievably special to have the, the greatest player of all time and my favorite golfer growing up to put the jacket on me. And uh, Jack was very nice to me and telling me good job and congratulating me. And it was uh, incredible to get that jacket. And then, you know, after you do it in Butler's cabin, you go up to the putting green and they do the ceremony again in front of all the fans. And he put the jacket on me again and I had to say a few words and uh, it was, you know, the, ultimate golfing dream for me to, uh, to win that golf tournament. It was, it was incredible. This question is, is going to sound simple, but I know it's anything but simple. How did winning the 1987 masters change your life? Well, you know, it definitely did. I mean, I don't believe it changed me as a person. I sure hope it do- didn't. And I, I think I'm the same person I was back then, but it changed my life from, as we all said earlier, the recognition it, it gave me, the opportunities it gave me. And even to this day, I still reap the benefits of being a master's champion. So it has changed my life. You know, obviously it's been what good financially. It's been great for me and the opportunities it's given me has been, you know, you can't, you can't imagine what winning that golf tournament does for you. And it's been a real blessing. And I'm very, very thankful uh, that it, that it happened. It's, it's incredible. And especially for an Augusta kid growing up in Augusta to win that golf tournament. It just, as far as golf goes, it doesn't get any better. So what was your champion's dinner menu looking like? Well, you know, I wanted to have something everybody liked because I didn't understand. I thought they had to eat my meal, mm-hmm. but they could order a, a chicken, a fish, or a steak uh, if they had a special meat, special uh, diet. But I'm, I'm a steak guy. I, I love meat and potatoes. So I had steak. Uh, I think I had a ribeye and some potatoes and uh, some green beans. And then to give it a little Georgia flavor, tried to do something that had peach cobbler uh, with some ice cream for dessert. It's a peach state of Georgia. So that was my menu. And it was a, it was a fun night uh, to be there with all those great champions. I knew a lot of them, but you know, Herman Kaiser, Henry Pickard, some of the older guys, Gene Sarazen, I had not met and to be with them was very special. And of course, Jack and all of them, Gary, all the great players. And still now to be with these young guys as well. It's, it's an incredible night. That kind of let you kind of walked into the next question I was going to ask is how is the champions dinner like now compared to what it was when you won it? You know, you were amongst the legends and now you are one of the legends. No, what I am, I'm one of the older guys now. (laughs) That's what it is. And that's kind of the bummer part of it, but it's it's still a great night, but I, I am, you know, one of the, not obviously there are guys older than me there, but I'm getting up there. So, but it's, it's a very, uh, fun night i look forward to it every year and to see these young champions and to get to know them a little bit uh, it's it's fun so it's a it's a great night and you know uh langer and i are good friends we always sit next to each other so it's uh it's just a a fun night where we have a great time everybody's getting their flag signed for their charities uh during the cocktail hour and then we go over there and eat and it's as you can tell i it's unbelievable to to be there that night is uh very, very, uh, very, very unique and special. For you, you're seeing the game also grow to a truly international game, and also young guys are coming in as well. What is that like for you to see golf grow and truly become an international game and just see how I think the game is still in a great place where more people are gravitating towards it, enjoying it, and, and it's growing uh, around the world more and more? Well, it really is. And I think, you know, the only week I'm with the PGA Tours at Augusta, but there are, you're seeing more international players which is exciting. You got some great players from, from Asia and Europe that are coming over here and 
have been, but there are more of them now that play really good golf. And I mean, they're, they're focused and they're very good. And I tell you, they're in great shape too. I think that's one of the things you see the workout has just increased as physical therapists and everybody's found out what things can be exercises can really help the golf game. So these guys are in great shape, which helps them hit it even farther. Um, but I think the golf is in great shape. Uh, there are a lot of great players out there and you know, it looks really, it looks really good on the horizon. I think it's going to continue to be really good. And the thing is, is that you still, you still are out here playing with these guys, uh, Larry. So what is it like when you're out here on the course, you know, especially, you know, first and second round, the masters and, you know, in, in on Saturday and Sunday as well, where you're getting the opportunity to play with these younger guys and, you know, see them in action up close to personal. Well, it really is. That's one of the things I'll miss when I quit playing. Uh, like some years, like I got to play with, uh, Jimmy Walker and Stuart Sink a few years ago, which I know those guys, and to get to play with them again when I played with them on the PGA Tour is fun. And then to meet some new guys. I played with the young kid. I'm not going to get his name right, but from India. He finished second at the Players' Championship a couple, a couple of weeks ago, and I got to play with him. And to meet some of these guys and see their game, it's a lot of fun. And, I, you know, it's fun. I'm out there pulling for them to play well. So I enjoy both sides of that, seeing guys I did play with, meeting the new guys. And it's fun to be out there, and it's just – it's incredible. They are great players. It's fun to watch. You're getting ready to play in, the, in this upcoming tournament. What is practice like for you these days? I know that preparation for a stage this big must be intense. It's intense. It's a lot harder than it used to be. <laughs> but I'm, you know, working on the, my game. I'm trying to get, you know, squeeze a little more yardage out of my game because I, I need to sneak the ball out there a little farther. And the big thing is I'm working very hard on my putting. Uh, putting has been, uh, hasn't been as good as I thought it was. I think I've realized putting has been big, a bigger problem for me than I realized. So working very hard on the putting and the short game because to play well at Augusta, I've got to have my short game's got to be on. i got to have putter hot. So I'm working very hard for that. But it's fun work. I enjoy it. And to try and get ready for that golf tournament, uh, I, I love trying to prepare for that golf tournament. It's, it's, it's a blast. To explain for the average person who has not experienced Augusta National and, you know, honestly, at the time of this recording, myself included, what is it like coming down Magnolia Lane? Oh, it's it's a feeling that never gets old. Every time I drive slow down Magnolia Lane, there's no there's no fast down Magnolia Lane. You just soak it in and those magnolias down both sides. And then at the end of that, you see the beautiful clubhouse. It's a drive that's uh, that's unlike anything else really is. I've heard this statement as well, that TV never does Augusta national any justice, no matter how, how many HD variants we go through or how, how lifelike cameras can, can get. What is it like for you to look out into that course for the first time? Oh, it's just a beautiful piece of property. I mean, they did a great job with the golf course and they had a great piece of property to work with. But the biggest thing, I think, is just the elevation change is what people don't realize. TV can't do it justice. And that's the first thing most people say when they hadn't been there. So, wow, I didn't realize, you know, 10 so much downhill, 18 so much uphill. And the clubhouse is sitting up on a hill, and the golf course just runs downhill away from you toward Amen Corner, toward Rays Creek and 12 Green. And it just sits there immaculate. I mean, the course is in great shape. And I hear this year they say it's even in better shape, which how do you get better than what it always is? So. I guess they're splitting hairs, but it's so special to sit out there. And I know Bonnie and I are going to enjoy, even when I quit playing, sitting out there and having breakfast and, you know, watching the golfers play and just soaking up the experience of being there.
Wow. It's, and I got, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I have chills right now. Just, you know, thinking about going to Augusta national, you know, for a kid that grew up from Augusta and still lives in Georgia, lives here in Columbus, you know, what does this over overall, everything, you know, put together, what does this tournament mean to you personally? You know, I don't think Jack, I don't think I can put that into words. Uh, it, it, it's, you know, it was a dream of mine as a kid growing up in Augusta, Georgia, to play in that golf tournament. And now to be a former Masters champion, you know, it, you know, Palmer, Palmer said that if I, he won one Masters, he would have thought his career was great. Obviously, he won four Masters plus a zillion golf tournaments. And I kind of feel similar uh, to, to win there. That is such a special week. And to get to go back there every year, you know, I'm kind of like you. I get chills to get to go back there every year and, and be there. Still playing is fun, but even when I quit playing, to get to go back there every year is, is you know, as far as golf goes, it's just it's just the best. Doesn't get any better. I, it's just, I think that's you either let left speechless or you can't find the right words or the right superlatives to describe Augusta, which is yeah, it's from you and from patrons from every golf uh, golf fan out there. Um, but moving, what are conversations like with with champions at dinner or whenever you guys run into each other? I think that just that must be a really special fraternity, isn't it? Well, it really is. I mean, I'm so happy and pleased to be in that fraternity and. But, you know, we're just like everybody else. We get together. We talk, hey, how's the family? How you doing? We may, you know, someone's played well. You tell them they've played good. But we're talking about anything from could be politics to sports. You know, who, who just won the uh, NCAA tournament? I mean, we're just talking like everybody else. It's just uh, nothing really crazy in there. We're just, you know, ordinary people that happen to have won a big tournament and are very fortunate. So let's talk a little bit about the stuff that surrounds the masters. You talked to, you alluded to it a little bit earlier, the par three contest where it's an opportunity before everybody gets focused on the tournament itself for an opportunity to everybody to kind of let loose, have fun and, you know, kind of, you know, go out and, you know, be a fan and be a golfer, you know, just, you know, out here for fun. What is that environment like? Well, I mean, you've said it very well. It's just a fun environment. Um, you know, normally Langer, as I said, Langer and I are good friends. Normally we play together. I'm very happy Russell Henley is going to be there with us this year. Russell's going to play with us. It'll be the three of us, and I'm looking forward to that. And it's just a fun time. We joke around. We have fun with the fans. And that par three golf course, it's, it's a blast to play. I mean, I would love to have that in my backyard. And it's one of the most – it's one of the prettiest spots out there. I mean, the around this pond, the dogwoods and the azaleas, it's just a beautiful spot. So it's a fun little thing to do before the tournament does to hit some shots with fans all around, hit some putts on the greens because they're pretty fast, maybe not quite as fast as a golf course, but still slick. So it's just a little fun event to do before the uh, golf tournament. And I think the fans like it. And I know all of us, all of us sure do. Going to be able to skip it across the lake there, Mr. Mize? Oh, yeah, 16. They'll be, well, you're going to get booed if you don't. <laughs> you have to skip across there. And so. It's a lot of fun. I, uh, you know, you make sure you put a little bit on the downhill lie, so you make sure you get it going down to skip it. Because I've, I've hit some duds there before, but, you know, we started that years ago, and it's, it's, that's a fun. Once again, a fun little thing we do at Augusta every year. And one thing I want to touch on as well is that, you know, and we kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. Just the patrons and the fans at Augusta National, it just seems to be different 
you know, when, you know, whenever we, you know, hear it on TV and it just sounds different, it feels like everything is just more, you know, everybody's more involved. You know, what is it like on the course when you have that kind of, you know, atmosphere to play in? Well, it, it is. It's fun, and you can really feed off of it because, I mean, you get some great roars. I mean, you know, we used to always know, oh, that was an Arnold roar. You could always tell Arnold's roar because it was louder than anybody else's. And uh, Jack had a great roar too, but Arnold's was the biggest. So it's some it's some great electricity there, and the fans can kind of give you that adrenaline to help you play better and hit it farther. So it's just exciting atmosphere to be in. And like I said earlier, the fans are great. And you really want to give them something to look at and cheer for. And when they do, it's a lot of fun. What are you looking forward to the most this time around with the Masters? Again, we're heading back to more, towards normal. Are you just excited again? It, it's Masters week and you, or getting towards Masters week. Is there anything else you're looking specifically forward to? No, it's just uh, this is just looking forward to the whole experience. You know, my two of my boys and their wives, Patrick and Robert and their and Shay and their wife, Shay and Maria live over there. So I get to be with them some David and Hannah and, the, and they come over and stay with us and with me and Bonnie and get to see my dad and my, my, my brother and sister. So it's, it's just kind of like an old home week, get to see everybody. And we have a, we have a lot of fun, but I look forward to the golf, the champions dinner, the par three, the whole experience. It's, it's a great, it's a great package. It's so not a bad spot for a family reunion, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's pretty, it's pretty, pretty special. How does the Masters just completely transform the city of Augusta? Well, I think it's such a big uh, moneymaker for Augusta. Obviously, it's tremendous revenue for them. So they look forward to it every year. And to have an event like that in a town that's, you know, it's not, we're not talking about Atlanta here. We're talking about, you know, just a, a good-sized town, but. You know, it's it's an incredible event. I mean, you're talking about a worldwide event that's watched all across the world in the town of Augusta, Georgia. It is, uh, I don't think, I, I can't imagine what it means to them, but it means, you know, the ultimate for that city, no doubt. What would you tell a young Larry Mize who hasn't won the Masters yet, what he is going to accomplish winning at Augusta National and winning a green jacket for, uh, winning a green jacket, being part of that fraternity. What would you tell a young Larry Mize, maybe starting out his golfing career, about what he can expect in the future? Like how to prepare for that? Or what are you, what are you talking about? Or just in general, like any life advice you would tell him about like, hey, look, you're going to do something pretty special here. What, what, I guess, what advice would you give your younger self about that? You know, I think the biggest thing would be really enjoy it. Um, one of the things I probably didn't do that, good with was afterwards I wanted to push on and put some things along beside it you know win another major and so forth so I in the in the year or two after it I probably didn't enjoy it and soak it up enough and majors don't come along uh, major wins don't come along that often um, and even you know Jack and what well, Tigers got 15 Jack's got 18 so you're not talking about you know nobody's winning 30 majors so really enjoy the major, enjoy it, because uh, they don't come along very often. So don't get me wrong, I have enjoyed it, but I think I could have even enjoyed it more when I was younger. And uh, I don't think I can enjoy it any more than I do now. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned my lesson. But really enjoy it, soak it up, and uh, don't don't move on too fast. Love that. I love it. And when you go back to Augusta and you, you know, come come in you know does it feel does everything just come back to you or you know you say that you know one unique thing about the masters is 
everything, you know, you come back to the same course every year. But do, do, do you feel the same when you come back onto the course, or does it, you know, does does it change year in and year out? No, it, it feels the same. They just the tee boxes are a lot farther back than when I won. That's the biggest difference, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like five hundred yards longer than when I won. So, um, and you know the the new range and the new range is phenomenal. Don't get me wrong, it is phenomenal. But I miss the old range because. That's where I, you know, warmed up and practiced when I won. That's where I watched all those players growing up practice on that old range. So I do miss the old range, but the new range is is phenomenal. But, yes, in, in a way it does, everything seems the same other than, you know, the length of the golf. But you get back there, it's just kind of like coming back to a place that you've, you've loved playing. It's still the same, and you love coming back there every year. Mr. Mize, you have been a phenomenal guest. Thank you so much for dropping some inspiration with us. Thank you again. Uh, we got to wrap up here, but before we go, we always have a final question we ask all of our guests. Jack, Abs- Absolutely. Mr. Mize, you have been absolutely phenomenal. This has been a fantastic time, but we do have one question to ask you before we go. We always ask every guest on our show that before before they go, who would they like to see us interview next? So if you, with the caveat that you have to help us get them. Please. So... Who would you like to see us interview next? Oh, my goodness. Who would I like to see you interview next? That's a great question. Um, y'all saved the tough one for the end, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I was all ready for master's questions. <laughs> Who would I like to see you interview next? It would be... Oh, man. I'm trying to think. Who would it be? Um, I'm totally blank. Um I know there's somebody. Jack, he is human. Look at that. I'm I am human. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, Glenn Davis. That's a good the big one. Bopper. The big bopper who is also here yeah. in town and a great, a great, a great man, a great, great man. Great guy and a great baseball player. Uh, I would say Glenn Davis would be a great interview. You know what? We it's about time we got another Houston Astro fan up in here, and uh, oh, Houston boy. Astros player. We've been talking about so many, so much brave stuffs here, Mister Mize, and yeah, I've had to endure a lot of that just because you know the World Series well, and whatnot. Well, but that's right. Who won the World Series last year? That yeah, would yeah, be yeah. your Atlanta Braves, Rex. Yeah, Mister right. Mize. Wow, the connection's kind of getting crazy here. We we got. I think we got to go. Now nah, I'm kidding. Thank you so oh, much, sir. It. I appreciate you so much, Mister Mize. Mize. It's been an absolute honor. Thank you so much. No, Rex and Jack, thank you all very much. It's a pleasure to be with you. Good luck in Augusta, sir. Best of luck. Larry Mai says that he is like everybody else, Jack, but he's like everybody else who's just ridiculously good at the game of golf. That was amazing. Exactly, and not everybody else has won a Masters Championship <laughs> either. So, I mean, to all due respect to Mr. Mize, but for the love of goodness, man, that is it's incredible. <laughs> It's just, incredible. Just to see, no matter how, uh, no matter what year you win it, no matter where you're at in life, he's still speechless about talking about that moment as he should be. Because I can't fathom the the fact of putting on that green jacket and he gets to do it. And and I think and, and, it, and yeah, think about it, the way he won that playoff as well. He didn't just win, you know, win going away. Mm-hmm. He beat two of the greatest names in golf. Yep. He beat Seve Ballesteros and Greg Norman in a playoff to win the green jacket. That is something incredible. And, you know, you heard him talk about the the names that he's facing. Roger Maltby, who used to be the longtime commentator for NBC's golf coverage. You're talking about so many amazing golfers who are in their primes. And 
He beat him, and he came out on top on that day in April, and he will forever be known. That's something they can't take away as a master champion. For that one day and for that one week, Augusta's own was the best in the world. Amazing. Yep. I can't still. And he gets to do the champion's dinner. His champion's dinner menu, y'all, made me hungry on the spot. That was outstanding. A ribeye steak. That's yeah, I'm, I'm about to run about. out and go get, grab something to eat right now. Well, Jack, uh, we got to tell people where we can find this thing, can't we? Exactly. Rex. Where can the people find us? Well, guys, you can check out the episodes every other week on WRBL.com. But if you don't want to get to the website, you can check us out on Spotify, iHeart, and Apple Podcasts. You definitely want to check this one out. Jack, we're also pretty active on social. Where can they find this stuff on social media? Absolutely. You can follow us personally on Twitter and Facebook. I am at Jay Patterson TV on Twitter. WRBO Jack Patterson on Facebook. Rex is at Rex Castillo TV on Twitter. WRBO Rex Castillo on Facebook. You can also follow the News 3 Sports team on Twitter and Facebook at WRBO Sports on Twitter. WRBL News Street Sports on Facebook. Hey, Rex, take us home, my good brother. Guys, thank you so much for joining us for episode 27. We will have more coverage from Augusta National as Jack and myself will be there uh, for the practice rounds. We cannot wait to see what it's like to see one of the best golf course, if not the best golf course on this planet. There's nothing like it, man. The week, uh, first week of April in Augusta is something incredibly special. Can't wait. And it's going to be Jack's first time on that magical golf course. Enjoy it, sir. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you for the next episode.